What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Deep Thoughts of Connor Christmas and Gang. In this episode, we're joined by our homie Brayden, who's a singer-songwriter from Calgary, Alberta, and he's best known as True Not. He is a master at thought-provoking lyricism and backs that with futuristic jungle jazz sprinkled with a bit of hip-hop and humor. He is also a host and performer for True Rhythm and his grace of stages with such artists as Matthew Alien, DubFX, Mac Lethal, Mayday, Afro, Sean Desmond, tons more. Also check out his other band, Fermented Beat Orchestra, for a completely different vibe. It's a mix of fusion funk with a slight taste of hard rock. We can't also forget that he's heavily involved with the youth and disability communities in Calgary. He's teamed up with such organizations as Woods Homes, Beakerhead, Science Genius, Global Fest, Movement with a Message, tons more as well to work with people of all ages and disabilities. Make sure to check out TrueNot on all of his socials, uh, Instagram at TrueNot, uh, his website, TrueNot.com, Fermented Beat Orchestra is on Facebook. Uh, he'll also be performing this June at Freezer Burn and at the Curiosity Festival. He's also just released a new album called Mixtape 2, Same Doodoo. Make sure to check that out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and probably more. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the show. A gigantic organic spaceship. Wow, that's actually really hard to say. Gigantic, gigantic organic spaceship. Right up there with Dude, I'm putting that in a rap song. Can I do take it? That? Yeah, man. Can't borrow that. Take Thanks. it. Take it. Just a gigantic organic spaceship. Yeah. I'll need you to sign the back of this. That's like what Joe Rogan always says, right? He's always like, we're just on this organic spaceship yeah. hurtling through space. It's so true, man. No one talks about it, right? Isn't that one <laughs> yeah, of his bits? Yeah, yeah. Why is anyone talking about that? Why are we talking about it? Like, <laughs> Your life doesn't matter. Or <laughs> it just blows my mind that we all came from like a star, like a star exploded, and oh, then man. we became like yeah. humans. I've been thinking about this way too much lately. And then like mm-hmm. we have consciousness, and yeah. that's what stars are. Yeah. That's right, like how did this invisible phenomenon? Yeah, I always like that's so powerful. Right, come from just gravity pulling rocks. And and how do we know? Like, and then we learn about that. Like, yeah, (laughs) then we're like, oh crap, we are that. Yeah, that's why I couldn't do at ourselves. When I was in university, I dropped my neuroscience class because I was like, I don't think my brain wants me to know how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, for real, I talked to a guy who did psychology and he dropped out. Weird to learn that stuff Mm. because it's all happening while you're learning it, and you're like. I don't know what to think right now. And like, this is really weird. I think it's just for some people like, cause someone has to learn it. Oh, totally. Otherwise, yeah. when people's brains are falling apart, just, like, <laughs> we're just like, sorry, we didn't learn that because it was no. scary. So <laughs> you're <laughs> fucked. It's a mystery. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, cool. On that, on that laughing note, uh, welcome everyone to Deep Thoughts with Car Christmas and Gang. gang. Damn. Da 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. Sports. There's an addition every time. <laughs> awesome. That's our answer working theme song. It's called Deep Thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Deep Thoughts. Uh, yeah. And I'm Connor Christmas. And uh, the gang, I have. Ann Taylor. Nick Bowley, once again. Braden Lister, a.k.a. True Knot. True Knot. True Knot. True Knot. Right. No line knots here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope. Where did the, where did the name True Knot so, come from? People get so confused with the name. <laughs> like, is it True Knot? It's like, no, there's there's a space. True yeah, before knot. the K. The name came from uh, a True Knot is like a knot in the umbilical cord. Oh. And so when I was trying to be bonded into the planet, there was a knot in the umbilical cord. And it was like wrapped around my neck. Mm. And so it was just a weird birth. It was like two days. And they needed to get Whoa. like a vagina vacuum. Is that the technical me out of term? There. I think vagcum. 
yeah. <laughs> is the technical term. I don't know what it is. A I'm little sh- catchier. I, yeah, I like it. <laughs> I hope the science has evolved over the years. <laughs> kind of sounds like Indian food. Vegcube? Hello, do you want a vegcube? Do you want rice with your vegcube? <laughs> I don't know if that sounds like Indian food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but a laugh came out of it, so <laughs> it was so worth there, it. So there, that's all that matters. <laughs> anyway, my dad was just like telling me the story one day. He's like, yeah, you were like trying to come out, but there was a true knot in the umbilical cord. And I was like, hey, that's kind of a cool term. That's so sweet. I just changed the spelling like any pretentious artist would. Of course. <laughs> yeah. of course. Make it your own. And there it is. That's dope. But yeah. it t- I guess it's a, the meaning evolves every year for me too because I kind of will reflect on it. It's like, what is it now? And it definitely, it sounds paradoxical because mm. it's like true, not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'm super sarcastic a lot of the time. So I think it just kind of rings through there too. But it's also you. the knot of existence. Yeah. Um, I see the knot in the umbilical cord for me as like this fucking anxiety that I th- might just always be there forever mm. in me and it, I have to like dance with it but then the knot is like kind of like what you were saying before like we're tied to this infinite thing that we're mm. becoming aware of so even if you feel fucked up you're always tied to a thing that you belong in mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's just a weird paradox it like it's goes back cool. to just like the root of I guess the start of your life yeah totally yeah it's very cool building from that and whether there even is a start or end, who knows? Yeah. Well, d- do you guys together. think you yeah. reincarnate? Do you think you're gonna come back? Like, I think I think that um, like matter and all that. Like, I guess that's almost proven. But um, I think you're reincarnated. But I don't know if your full conscious is reincarnated. Mm. You know, I feel like you're made up of like a bunch your personality of is not gonna come back. Yeah, you like get dispersed, and like maybe some qualities come back uh, in. They like they have that connection because there's always there's like pairing particles right that's that's science Mm -hmm. it's like you could that's science you you can manipulate (laughs) you can manipulate (laughs) one particle and then even if the other particle the pairing is on the other side of the universe it reacts so i think it's kind of similar to that yeah i like that yeah i think that human beings we so badly just like want to believe that there's no way that we could just end you know, we have right. this, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, so with all of our museums, we always, like, continue to try to remember everything that we have done on this earth. So we're always just, like, trying to fantasize what happens because there's no way that, like, we're yeah. far too important to end. And it's um, really fun to fantasize about. Yeah. But it's also important, like, what you're saying to realize that you are doing that because you're afraid of dying. Totally. Like, yeah. I think it's so funny when, like, a lot, and me included, like in s- that maybe slide under sort of a new agey style of mm. belief mm-hmm. system of mm-hmm. spirituality or whatever. It's like, man, Christianity is stupid. Like you just come up with this afterlife to guilt trip me yeah. into not <laughs> sinning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, but I'm going to reincarnate and I get to try this all over again. Totally. It's like, you're kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm totally in line with that. Like definitely more of a new age type of mentality, mm-hmm. but like we were just talking about, like we all come from stars and yeah. we're made of stars and stars are what give rise to our consciousness. I definitely believe that there is something beyond. Yeah. I think that there are, there are definitely people that are a bit more in tune. I don't know how, I don't know what, I don't know if it's just like the lives that they've lived or um, the crazy stuff that they've had to go through. But I definitely feel like there are some people that are a bit more in tune with their reincarnation if that's what they believe in. And also we spoke about how like you believe in something and so it gives it power. And so potentially like someone doesn't believe in reincarnation, but the person that does is giving power to that thought. And so therefore that may become a truth for them. Yeah. Not not only that, like um, in like Buddhism, 
the fourteenth Dalai Lama. The reason he is the fourteenth Dalai Lama is because he was sought after by the monks who were searching for the next Dalai Lama, and he was able to speak the language that mm. he was never taught Whoa. natively Whoa. to the to these monks, and that's how they discovered him. Whoa! I think there's it's just like so some Last much. Airbender kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's actually, super yeah. wizard. Like they had to go into China, that. and they had to like they found him, and he was like three years old when they found him. Whoa. Two or three years that's old. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I just think there's so many like outcomes and I don't know if there's just one for everyone. I think maybe everyone has their own like cycle that they live through. And mm. um, I definitely I like the thought that everything's recycled and being used again. And I like I hope maybe this is just my human ego being like, I hope I come back. <laughs> you know, yeah. well, you probably like a part of you will come back. Yeah. It just won't be Annie. Totally. So mm. it's like either way, Annie's going to die. Mm -hmm. But like a part of us will live on. Totally. Mm -hmm. And it's OK. Like, I think as I'm getting a little older and like, I think trying less to feel like I belong <laughs> on earth. Yeah. It's like, I'm allowed to believe in shit that isn't real. Yeah. As long totally. as I'm not using it to fuck with people. Totally, man. Totally. Like if you want to believe shit that makes you feel better, do it. I was, but uh, as soon as you start brainwashing people and yeah. manipulating yeah. them, then I get a little like, Yee. I was just watching, I watched the, the animated movie, Batman, the killing joke last night. Uh, where it's like it's all about the Joker and like kind of their relationship and it's like it, this is a weird tangent this but it's not, like, I'm it, it into has, it it has Me a little too. bit it has a little <laughs> bit of relevance because uh, like so the Joker it, like it kind of gives his backstory and like how he became the Joker and he's like this failed stand-up comic um, he couldn't support his family uh, so then he was gonna do this one big job and like in this chemical plant and then like um, mm. but like that but that's besides the point so he the whole thing he's trying to do is like he kidnaps uh jim gordon so the batman has to rescue him he tries to drive jim gordon mad and uh his his whole philosophy is like sanity is like one bad or insanity is one bad day away mm -hmm. and he's like he goes off on these long monologues about um like drinking from reality and how all it does is like uh, it doesn't do anything for you and like all memories do when you hold on to him is uh, reinforce reality and if you re let go of your memory memories then everything's open to you and you can do mm -hmm. literally anything you want mm -hmm. and it like it's you kind of see like wow he's just like freeing himself from all these bad things that mm -hmm. happened to him that's really in cool. order to still survive and like he yeah. admits he's crazy and then he like beats up the bad man talking about how like we're both the same but you're not admitting you're crazy right now and, like yeah. why mm -hmm. just admit it and you'll be so much happier and you're like I think I'm on the Joker's side right now. <laughs> yeah. He's the best yeah. anti-hero, man. He is. Right? He's, He's so, so good. I think it's good to have like shows or comics or stories where you get to have some empathy for the villain. Absolutely. Totally. Right? You're like, whoa, because then yeah. the villain becomes not quite a villain, and then the story becomes more real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because no one is just pure evil. Yeah, no yeah. one's Like I imagine even the most evil people, there's even parts of them that aren't just evil. Totally. Mm -hmm. And no one's pure good. Even yeah. the people in society we see as heroes is like they're selfish little dickheads mm -hmm. that live in there too. Yeah. There's this really cool podcast that I listened to recently. I think I sent it to you. I've been sending it to everyone. Um, not and me. Yeah, not me. <laughs> yeah, you still you <laughs> still <laughs> haven't sent it to me. You so. never mind. I'm just been holding on to it for myself. <laughs> All the important people. Hoarding this wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but basically, it talks about how like um, if we can get past the idea that we have this personality that we've built. And instead of like limiting ourselves to character traits and character flaws, we open up this entire possibility to do things based on 
who we are and who we want to be. Mm. And so instead of it just being like, oh, I'm a really, I'm a really like pessimistic, pessimistic person, mm. and and that's why like sometimes I just am really skeptical and whatever. Mm. If you take that away from yourself and instead of allowing yourself to like live through the shit that the past has done to you with mm-hmm. these character flaws and character traits that you s- you need to build in these memories, you just like open up a whole new world of being able to be whatever it is that you need to be and like you choose things because you want to be that as opposed to limiting yourself yeah. you know what i mean yeah, it's a different kind of mindset sense? it's like less yeah. egocentralist yeah you know it's like I mean? taking like the personality away and like you you don't have a personality you aren't just one specific type of person you're allowed to be whoever whatever if you take that away from yourself and like well, it's you like children. If you see yeah. young children before they get jaded by <laughs> shitty teachers <laughs> and all that stuff, <laughs> it's like they're so down to pretend and fully commit. And yeah. the weird part of it when you see them fully committing is like it does seem like they're hallucinating the stories, you know, like they're so committed. Like, no, for real, the bad guy's coming. Like, there He's he is. Right there. Yeah. Right He's there. on this way. They've set it up for themselves. Yeah. yeah. And like, like a finger snap they can commit to something else. Mm-hmm. And when you see totally. a kid do it, it's so cute and entertaining. You're like, this is so fun. As soon as adults start doing it, though, I think people start to think that it's a weird, crazy yeah, person, okay. unless they're on stage mm-hmm. or unless they're on camera. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Right? or on yeah. some type of hallucinogen. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that seriously, too. though. That's but, like, true. you do, like, mushrooms or, like, acid or any of these, like, highly hallucinogenic drugs, and it shuts down your prefrontal cortex, which is, like, your ego center in your brain, right? Which mm. is why possibilities like you're talking about mm. become more available to you mm-hmm. and why you can imagine and you can be more open-minded about the way that life is and who you are and how you fit into it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I've honestly been traumatized from that phenomenon. Right. <laughs> like, I'm a huge fan of psychedelics, but mm-hmm. when I was in a super-duper depressed phase, I ate, like, six grams of them. Mm. Kind Heroic. Of, yeah, kind of thinking, <laughs> like... This will help me through yeah, some like stuff. I know, yeah, like, yeah. I know something's wrong. And I know these things have healed me and helped me in the past. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to eat all of them <laughs> and get healed. Yeah. And like being in such a depressed state. And I don't know, when you're depressed, you kind of are hyper caught up in your own story mm-hmm. a little bit, right? Totally. totally. Not that you beat the shit out of your own ego. Yeah. yeah. And your like ability to relax and let go is kind of gone. And I think that's why you're depressed. Anyway, so I'm in the state and then I eat all these mushrooms and then it was just so intense. Like I didn't know if the people in my life were real. Or mm-hmm. if they cared about me, I thought I was the worst person ever. Then I didn't know if I was a person. It was just this rabbit Whoa. hole, right? Yeah, yeah. and you yeah, ca- you get like I find on those kind of uh, journeys that you get taken on when you're in that state, you get like right into your head. It's mm-hmm. like you're in there and you can't mm-hmm. get out. That's kind of how it, I've done your a very like similar thing where I'm like, so there is some block in my chest right now. I mm. don't know what it is eat some mushrooms (laughs) and i'm not gonna do it again because i understand that that's not what you should do it's kind of a Mm -hmm. tricky slippery slope Mm -hmm. um but it that time it like was very cathartic and i got through and yeah and i was like you know what wasn't the smartest idea but it helped a bit i kind of have a little more clarity right now i'm gonna do this in a healthier way next time yeah Mm -hmm. it's all about the setup too yeah and like the place that you're in beforehand like especially with something like mushrooms always about that you have to be able to like really culture an experience mm-hmm. totally and like almost plan it out ahead of time yeah, yeah you can't yeah, really absolutely. do much of that yeah when, when it's happening it's like yeah. be humble enough to yeah. these little plants like yeah. don't assume that you can just chomp them and run through the forest yeah, and yeah, yeah you have to have like a though that that can happen <laughs> though like yeah, yeah. i don't know like i i don't ever want to sound like a do- downer 
when I talk about psychedelics and I'm not, I love them, but I've just had such either end of the yeah. spectrum. Yeah, me too. And like, even though I honestly think that experience did fucking traumatize me in some way of like losing my mind and, and not knowing what was happening. It at least afterwards forced me to go get real help and mm. start a real yeah. plan of it's getting like better. Something, <laughs> yeah, something comes yeah. out of the bad trips. A catalyst. Right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah catalyst podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just gonna go back. Boom. I I, well, I do want to point out like this is good. This is great because like first like fifteen minutes we're like psychedelics reality. What is it? <laughs> Deep uh, thoughts. I do want to go back to uh, to the talk of uh, kids and stuff like because oh, yeah. you you teach kids and is it through yeah. is it strictly through global fest that this happens it's a bunch of different it, things okay cool like well tell us a i little see bit with about like that. lots of those organizations that are awesome and i love them but it's hard for them to commit to mm -hmm. somebody like me mm -hmm. full time yeah. right because it's just contract work mm -hmm. so i work with a bunch of people global fest movement with a message alex food center woods homes just wh whoever's into me and can hire me for a little bit, but mm -hmm. it's all sorts of different gigs. Like some of them are more consistent. Like the one at the Alex food center is like every Wednesday. That program is basically the youth get to come out and hang out for three hours. There's all these different stations they can hang out in like, Oh, we're going to make comic books over here. We're going to learn how to garden over here. We're going to learn Very how to cool. cook over here. And the whole message of the Alex food center is food integrity for people. So kind of along the lines of like, if you don't have money and let's say you're homeless and you can't afford good groceries, mm -hmm. well, sometimes just picking up a shitty box of food, like that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. Like you deserve to have nutri nutritious food. Totally. Yeah. So that's kind of the Very root of their cool. message. That's awesome. So how, uh, or what made you want to start working with kids? Um, what have you found uh, you have learned from working with kids? Like all that good stuff. Well, I'm an uncle to like eight nieces and nephews so i just have so much experience hanging out with crazy little kids <laughs> um and i just i don't know i can just connect with them i like being playful like we were saying how kids just like pretend and get silly and wherever they're at they're yeah. at like i find that for me is like such a release mm -hmm. from being a fucking adult yeah. and needing to pretend that i have my shit together or like i'm some proper smart intelligent adult or something you know what mm -hmm. i mean uh, so I like just kind of meeting them where they're at. I find that healing for me. Like people say, that's so cool. You work with kids or that's so cool. You work with people for special needs. It's like, it's so cool that I get paid to like, they're healing me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just like a three hour block of, well, for that one, like I'm sure yeah. different times, but like you just get to play and like the sense of play in kids, like we were talking about before is just like amazing like nick and i are actors and so like right. our whole degree that we got together was just like roll around on the floor and like yeah. pretend you're an animal yeah. like funnest degree ever yeah, yeah. it's totally put this clown nose on and pretend east yeah. means something to yeah. you run, <laughs> run east run the direction east through your body and see how that makes your body move in a different way than west right and like yeah you're professional shapeshifter that sounds right? ridiculous but like <laughs> if you just like let go of the ridiculousness of it and just do it then you will discover that it is different than west or north or up up or down down yeah. or any color you run through your body yeah, yeah it's crazy so well i think that's like where a lot of the time and again i don't want to hate on like the healthcare system because mm. i think we have it pretty freaking good here yeah. Yeah. Mm. but like that 
part of the healing process, especially in mental health in our system, is completely missing. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's a person with a checkboard seeing what box you fit in yeah. Yeah. and they're not meeting you where you're at. So how I got into working with them, I think, was just I studied finance, worked in finance for a bit, hated it. Mm. And then Amen. I was a personal trainer mm. for think like six years so kind of like coaching people mentoring people and then I just realized like man I think I'm supposed to work with kids Mm -hmm. because I feel sort of this effortless connection with them Mm -hmm. that's really cool Mm -hmm. and it's also like so beneficial for kids to recognize that there are adults out there that aren't just going to like stomp all over them and like tell them they need to grow up yeah and tell mm-hmm. them they need to like say no constantly. be professional and say no and to have yeah. that like adults that kind of almost um empowers that sense of play and plants a seed for that to grow continuously yeah. throughout mm-hmm. like their growth physically because mm-hmm. yeah that's also it's such a awful thing that happens in a lot of school systems is like shut up sit down and write down what i'm saying and that's it and it's so important to remember that like the goofier side of life is kind of funner yeah yeah and you need it like i was so badly i don't know we don't need to get into more of this topic but like i was reading this really interesting article after the uh school shooting in florida Mm. um and i'm sure there's been a million since then uh (laughs) but they there was this article and it was like i'm not talking about gun laws or anything like that it was talking about why it's always like um like a white male who is doing this or just a male Mm. um and it's talking about like how men in america is like this huge problem of being lonely and they talk about the lack of friendships and connections made Mm. as an adult male and uh how touch is a thing that's really frowned upon between men and the sense of play that you have as a kid is totally lost there's like there's never a time i feel like most people don't do like intramural sports or like whatever else they're into Mm -hmm. if it's even if it's music if that's your play like a lot of people uh, and like especially men don't do that because they always have to be like composed and like Mm -hmm. i'm a man like business meeting i haven't seen you since that account that we did two weeks ago like how's your wife (laughs) (laughs) like it's all those just generic men things so like that sense of play is causing them uh the sense of play and like loneliness um that's that they're not getting Mm -hmm. uh is is causing them to just like snap yeah in the uk the highest suicide rate like um demographic is like middle-aged men mm-hmm. it's the highest suicide rate in the uk there's a lot of pressure crazy because yeah. there is that all of that pressure there's like uh a couple of comics talk about it um how like with men i think it's in the new chris rock special on netflix uh not that anybody has seen it who knows uh <laughs> <laughs> but he talks about how like with in a family dynamic too it's like uh if a man stops providing, mm. then they're just not part of the family anymore. They're yeah. just they're like the, the dad, the man, the husband has to provide something or else they're done. Mm-hmm. The divorce, mom takes the kids, all that stuff. And yeah. like, those are some, like, obviously there are a lot of things that men have going for them in this society, but like, sure, those yeah. are some of those things that they are like really lacking that are totally. some of the most basic human things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's totally. supernatural. Like if you follow the evolution of humans, it's like, the women would stay home and take care of the kids so and mm-hmm. prepare yeah. the home, prepare the food and do the medicine mm-hmm. and the men go provide. Yeah. Totally. Now I don't think we're stuck in that. Like no, totally not. Women Especially are, if now. you want to be the hunter yeah. and you're a woman, 
and you're a dad and you want to stay home and like prepare the food that's like totally yeah. cool but totally. i think there probably is something in our dna it's mm-hmm. a that it causes comes down that. to like we talked about this earlier masculinity and femininity mm-hmm. and how those two things are such prominent energies that regardless of how much we break down gender stereotypes and um, start to view gender on a spectrum and as a fluid thing um, those two energies are going to be there and they're going to be separate and they can intertwine and they can work together and they can yeah. um, complement each other but just like like you said it's in our kind of in our dna mm-hmm. you know yeah. and it'll change and it'll flip um and we need them to empower each other and we need them to inspire each other but yeah. we don't need to be so rigid or it doesn't need to be so black and white yeah and yeah. i mean I, I mean like you say it's there's definitely some nature to it because like no matter how hard a baby sucks on a man's nipple they're not going to get any milk <laughs> out of it you know what i mean yeah so there is like a level of <laughs> truth to that don't, True. Um, don't go test that anyone yeah, who's no. listening don't take that yeah. to the lab do not let's just yeah. assume it's fine let's not have any guys out in public breastfeeding yeah. that would be really I'll really prove weird wrong. i'm gonna be a caregiver for my child <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Deep Thoughts Podcast. Inter- interesting performance piece, though. Yeah, there you go. Could be. A it lot of public be. breastfeeding Very controversy true. going on right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if you, like, follow the chain of that <laughs> provider thing, it's like being a provider now is such a weird thing. Like, you mm-hmm. have to go make money mm-hmm. in this crazy world that we live in. Yeah. Like, you have to go trade your time and your energy mm-hmm. for value. And it seems like a lot of the things where you make the most money, which is this resource that sustains your biology and your life and your shelter and your food, it's mostly just unnecessary things. Like a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a house, you know, kind of necessary. I like that we're in a house right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, I love you guys' feng shui. (laughs) And I'm not hating on it, but how much of it is unnecessary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All of it. Right. Now, it seems like you guys fucking made most all of it from from leaves and paint that you (laughs) gathered from somewhere. But that's the aesthetic we're going for. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Very DIY. DIY chic. (laughs) But like how much of our world is just us wanting a little bit more comfort, a little Mm. bit more luxury. And then the whole thing of consumerism is like just just convince people that they need that. It's that old quote of like um making money in a job you don't like so you can impress the people that you don't like with stuff that you don't need Mm -hmm. it's like that whole thing Mm -hmm. because we're all sitting in this like weird um competition with each other to come across as the most put together the most like you know i'm so smart and i'm yeah i know what i'm doing but we don't (laughs) no one knows no one fucking knows i'd just like to point out that all three of you guys have physicalized being a robot <laughs> as a, being an as adult like, as yeah, being we an are adult. becoming adults work. time to go to work ask taxes. them about the weather <laughs> yeah it's it's really interesting yeah. but i mean i think that's it's a, actually that's in, it's, kind it's of ingrained yeah. in all of us to to be that way like totally. there's uh, a market <laughs> restriction that we all live by that we don't really acknowledge as much but mm-hmm. we definitely live by it and mm-hmm. and um yeah like you go to work to pay for a car to to, to, to drive to, to, work, <laughs> to drive to work to pay yeah. for a, you know what I mean yeah it's just yeah it's this crazy cycle and that's why like this thing like um what's the food what's it called Alex Sorry. Food Center Alex Food Center this is why this kind of stuff is so important is because um, being able to provide yourself and garden and being able to grow your own food and sustain yourself in a way that takes 
you're you out of this robotic atmosphere mm -hmm. and allows you to naturally exist in a world and understand a world in a natural way is way more beneficial for our society at this mm -hmm. point because mm -hmm. we're definitely on this spectrum like so far and it's just going to keep going i know it is mm -hmm. but like we're so far away from this natural behavior and this natural way of living that we're we're denying and it's starting to cause problems physical health problems mm -hmm. mental health problems and it's so good that these types of places that you're well, working with exist. yeah Absolutely. i think we are afraid of simplicity yes mm. right and like i would ray rather be involved in so much stuff that's mm. like uh just stimulating all my senses and is highly engaging me and there's mm. so much different things and like just fulfill my add like even I even think about that with podcasts, for example, because I listen to quite a few mm -hmm. and I'll have times where I'm about to put one in is like, or should I just sit on the couch? Yeah. yeah. Like just, just to rebalance my madness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like just to be quiet for mm -hmm. a second. Like, do I always need to have something? Totally. But it kind of feels like it. I think we've all kind of gotten pretty afraid of emotion mm. as a society. Mm -hmm. You know, we... I mean, there are like pharmaceutical companies that are making millions and millions of dollars off of suppressing emotions for us because we don't know how to deal with them. Like literally, mm -hmm. like, and I, I was having a conversation with someone last night who like is experiencing some intention, intense emotion for kind of the first time ever in her life. Like this is a big, huge thing that she's going through. And mm. her first instinct was like, what, what do I, what am I going to do? What project can I do? Like, what am I going to make? What am I going to create? How am I going to distract myself from this so that I don't have to feel it? And I think it's so important to feel it. I'm a hypocrite through and through, <laughs> like so badly. But we just have created this sense that denying ourselves our feelings is like what we're supposed to do. And we've allowed that to be a normal thing. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. a normal thing. Like you go, you walk into work one day and you ask people around, you're like, hey, how's it going? And everyone's like, yeah, good you don't know that person might be struggling with something so hard and like they feel like they can't say it and so they're never going to deal with that so they're just going to keep working and keeping themselves mm -hmm. busy and then that's when that snap happens out that, that's when that like cancer grows and that's you know like you're really fucking up your body by denying totally. this like yeah. mental but it's like those environments aren't mm -hmm. made really or like work environment is no place to <laughs> just like unload your emotions because no. they don't set it up that way totally and like well, you got to perform too. Yeah, it's like yeah. you, you, gotta, it's always you like don't have time to talk door, for half an hour. Right? Yeah, mm -hmm. you have to get to work. You have to yeah. produce your shit. Yeah. Which is weird because, like, the reason we are so technologically advanced now is that we want to make our lives easier, and mm -hmm. like, but we just end up working more, and yeah. I hate it. It's yeah. so, that's Seriously. like the most broken thing to me ever. Like, yeah. we yeah. we can work so efficiently now. We could like just work in the spring and then like the right. rest of the time we can just like do whatever mm -hmm. like we could do that easily we could do our work for the year in like a season or two mm -hmm. uh, but we just like are now constantly working because like our phones and our emails are always with us like, yeah. yeah i had a funny chat with my dad recently like because the reason i went into finance originally is he's in finance and i was going into it to be in the family business mm -hmm. um and he's done it for like 20 years and he does really well and I talked to him the other day, he's like, and I was kind of asking him about this because it came up with like the contract work I do. I was like, I think I'm at the point, I would rather them take half of the money than me have to deal with all the paperwork of what's going behind this project. Mm -hmm. Like just bring me in and pay me. And it's simple mm -hmm. and maybe I'm not making as much as I could if I was the entire thing, mm -hmm. yeah. but I don't want to fucking be the entire thing. Yeah, That's too much work. And so I'm asking him mm -hmm. about this because he's kind of ran his business for so many years. 
And as he's getting older and I think a little wiser, he's like, I can see him kind of like, dude, it's not worth it. Yeah. Like you don't need to just chase the money. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas maybe 10 years ago, he was so full in it. He was kind of at the prime of him in this finance company. But he said, he's like, you get some more money. So then you're like, well, yeah, I'll get a boat. Yeah. And then you make a little bit more money and you're like, I'll get a motorhome. Mm-hmm. And then you make a little bit more money. You get a condo here. You get a condo here. And he's like, man, every one of those things that I've sold has made me feel way better yeah. mm-hmm. than when I bought it. Mm-hmm. Like getting rid of it. Yeah. 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 And uh, I'll kind of use that to bring it into kind of what you do um, in the sense of you saying you don't want to be all of it mm. um, when you're doing these contract work. Uh, and I've watched, I've never gotten to watch you live. But I uh, went on your website and I got to watch like your Global Fest set and mm. all that. And it seems like you really like you're a solo performer for the most part. But when your friends are in the crowd and they have their talents, you bring them up on stage and are very about that. Like, let's make something right now. And like mm-hmm. that uh, you you improvise a lot and you you like, yeah, look, OK, come up here, dance. Like, why not? Just move your body. Yeah. And like so <laughs> uh, like, why don't you tell us a little bit more about like why that is for you in your live performances yeah i think it's easy to see it as like a gift right it's easy to be like whoa that's so crazy how you can just like point at someone in the crowd and then like just be relaxed enough to let them take over part of the show but for me it's like oh what a relief someone in the crowd can do something Mm -hmm. and entertain people for a bit and i don't need to have so much entertaining shit memorized Mm -hmm. a lot of it is just me coping with the stress of like I don't want to be in my head wondering about the thing I was supposed to do next Mm -hmm. in this song. And Mm -hmm. there's trade-offs in that because it can be fun and engaging and the audience is like, whoa, this is kind of a wild ride. We don't know where it's going. But I'm fully aware that like part of the music does kind of suffer from that. Mm -hmm. Like obviously, Mm -hmm. if you have one song that you've practiced for thousands of hours, it's going to sound good. Versus I just go up and I'm like, hey, here you go, blah, blah, and I loop it and then I go and it's fun. But it's the, I'm trying to find this balance of like, I still want it to be quality while having this free spirited thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess to answer your question, I'm just coping with, I don't want to be stressed about boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. Like, um, the reason I got into like doing performance and stuff was improv solely. Yeah. Um, so like, I totally get that. Like the, Mm -hmm. where most people are terrified of not knowing what's about to happen. Like I could never do that. You you don't even know what's going on. Like that's what's exciting to me. And like having that excitement of like literally just creating this universe with whoever is in the room, uh, and having it be this thing. And then once it's done, it's just done and Mm -hmm. gone. And that to me is like something incredible. Um, and do you relate to this? Like I find people who have something very rehearsed, I'm like, that scares me. Like that mm-hmm. scares me to have to rehearse something so much and then do it exactly how I did it. Mm-hmm. That freaks me out. Like, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, it's either side of it. I, I tend to, I learned this by myself, like in the, within the last year of, um, cause me and my friend kind of had this project that we were doing, uh, musically and we would like rehearse these songs and they were. Uh, they were pre-written, they were all that stuff, and uh, like some were covers, and then we would do some improv stuff, because me and this guy just like vibe off each other really well, uh, where we'd just like get a word or a genre from the crowd and just like improvise a song. And those were always way better and like way more (laughs) well-received, and I realized about myself as a singer, which I don't really consider myself, I like to sing, Mm. Um, I 
my voice is much more true to what it is when I am just improvising yeah, and when absolutely. I'm trying to cover someone else's song or something, even like a song that I wrote, yeah. I feel really locked down. Yeah. So when I'm improvising, I actually am a better singer, like mm-hmm. classically or like the classic way of si- better mm-hmm. singer, more on pitch, more all of this stuff because mm-hmm. you don't. It's not premeditated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. like you as a musician, mm-hmm. Annie, you like I know you're very particular about your words and your mm-hmm. lyrics and yes. like all that stuff. You kind of a perfectionist a little bit, mm-hmm. if you don't mind me using oh, that term. Oh, hundred percent. So that's kind of like. But the, you're so good at yeah, that. You're like, oh, you're yeah, you're like you're so good but at it. And that's not. I couldn't do that at all. But yeah. no, if I'm honest though, like I don't pr- I don't practice often, and w- I, most of my play like when i'm i'm allowing myself to be in that space when i'm playing is just writing and just like letting whatever needs to come out come out um and flow through Mm. um so when it comes to playing shows like every single show is different it's it's practiced it's not rehearsed is kind of how i would so Mm. however i feel that the crowd is feeling i'll change songs um depending on that especially songs that i've written like i'll uh, try to put more emphasis on certain parts of it if I kind of feel like the crowd's more energized or if it's a little bit more of a slow night. Um, and there's a few people that have come to a few of my shows in Calgary and every time they're like, whoa, that was, that was a whole other thing. Like, that mm. was so different. Um, and I think there's something really special about, like, I think you talk about this a lot, Connor, when you are doing your plays and you're doing your acting in that vein. Like, you get to a point where you know it so much that you can let go and trust yourself when you're on stage performing it. So it becomes something different every time it's still practiced, but it's not like a, it's not like a, replicated thing yeah when you, you know? look comfy on stage like because oh, you're pr- you're not tripping out over like i need to do this the exact yeah, same totally. like, you allow yourself to wiggle within a mm-hmm, theme mm-hmm. yeah and that's great mm-hmm. like i i think improv can get tricky like even at your uh down the rabbit hole show yeah. like i was the first <laughs> set right yeah and it was i was like whoa this is going to be like a psychedelic show i can just be a weirdo and people will understand what i'm doing totally. by being a weirdo yeah and then it was mostly old people yeah, sitting we in the front shocked. row, right? Yeah, we were. Totally and then I start, <laughs> and I like, I just, I and on intentionally, I did this really long improv bit because I found like a tide sheet, like a dryer sheet on the ground. I was like, if anybody would like to keep this for the night, it's just like you keep it in your coat pocket and just like sniff it if you want, and it'll keep you safe throughout the night, right? And these old people are just like, how fucking dare he offer me garbage? And then because I have a like a bit of an Ah, there's like a little bit of an asshole in me when I'm performing too. If just like I like calling things out, mm-hmm. and if I'm improving, you're probably the thing I'm calling out because here we are. What else am I supposed to call? Totally, out? Yeah, you're in totally. the space. You're one of the things. Yeah. yeah, and especially if I see people are hating it, it's like I'm really gonna zone in on you now, <laughs> and I'm gonna That's hang great. out with you about this thing you're hating. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, you like it. I like it. that you challenge people. <laughs> yeah, I really do. Sure, but and at I think the a same time, looking at it, like it, but the audience doesn't necessarily like it. It's like that observational yeah. comedy of like, it's like The Office. Like, it's not when they're doing those awkward things, it's not funny to them, but it's funny to us to watch it. Right. Like that kind of thing. I don't know. I think I grabbed that inspiration from Reggie Watts. Yeah. Oh, I was actually going to so bring him up. He kind of yeah. does that. Yeah, He's the reason I got on stage. Awesome. Because I was like playing around beatboxing and doing my thing. And then I saw a video of him and found out it was improvised. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I can just get up there and plug in and go. Mm-hmm. I was tripping out. I thought I had to prepare something. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I can just go. Yeah. What I really like about your performances, I've seen you play a lot. And um, you create 
a whole journey for whoever is like with you and mm. and you you occasionally like address it um the show that we played together at music gives that okay. fundraiser you addressed it to everyone you're like we're gonna go on this deep journey together like everyone like buckle in we're going for it like get ready um and then you did and everyone was so ready to just jump in with you because you like did that but sometimes with your performances you just go and i think a lot of people for the most part if they're in kind of that like flowy vein mm-hmm. um they really appreciate it because it's this whole experience it's not just like i'm sitting here watching you do what you're good at you're like bringing me in and you're taking me with you and i'm experiencing all these things that i've never experienced before and some Mm -hmm. feelings are being brought up and it's really cool it's really really cool it's like investing in the present yeah you know yeah being here in this moment right now totally and making the i think this says it in your bio on your website like making the audience a part of the show Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. totally Mm -hmm. which yeah is something i can really appreciate from like my background Mm -hmm. yeah Um, yeah. yeah. I think well, we and I'm just like a yeah. people pleaser. Like growing up, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the kind of kid I was. Is mm-hmm. like, I feel I probably feel kind of sad, but I'm not gonna let you know that. I'm gonna make you laugh, mm. and we're just gonna have a good time. Mm. So now on stage, like a set like that, example for your at your event, mm-hmm. of like from my view, it looked like everyone was hating it, right? <laughs> and then after talking to some people, they're like, "Oh, that was great," and it's yeah. like, okay. So I can't let my perspective like define the night, yeah. first yeah. of all. But it's good training for that inner little people pleaser in me that's like, I'm going to have a bad night if I don't make everyone happy. Yeah. It's like good mm-hmm. to act for me if I get off the stage and it's like, you know what? I feel okay about that, mm-hmm. even if they hated it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. learning that it's it's, it's about like me having a good time. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. I like to call it the this is one of my acting teacher calls it yeah. this the fuck it mentality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just and like I say this every time before I perform. I just like actually verbally say out loud to myself, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, like I've I've practiced. I've practiced all this stuff mm-hmm. for like ten years now. Yeah. I need to trust that I can go up there and yeah. something will happen. Yeah. That was totally. one of the best yeah. lessons that he taught us, man. Yeah. Like being able to just say, You've done the work. Yeah. Go just for go. It. No expectations. Just let it go. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really the best cool. advice for stage that. fright right? ever. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Just it's like commit. Just go. Use uh, the analogy of like just fall off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Just fall. Let yeah. it happen. Just fall. Know that you'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Like, cause I used to work with Notorious. Do you guys know those guys? Yeah. yeah. It was like hip hop improv, right? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't really an actor in it. I was just doing the sound design for it on my synth. So I would just improv, make music while they're doing their thing. And then once in a while, if it felt right, they would kind of just turn me into a random character and mm-hmm. I'd follow along. But it was weird because I was on stage, but a lot of the time I'm just watching and yeah. then, but also watching the audience and kind of like seeing what's going on. And like even in the moments where you jump off the cliff and it's just like this is weird. Yeah, you're like no we one jumped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no one gets it. Yeah. Like it's just a really strange time. It's like at least this can be funny for us. Totally. totally. Yeah. And the thing with comedy, like the point is that it's funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the way like I even love shitty comedians because it's like you suck right now. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's funny <laughs> that, that you that suck. You're sucking right now is funny. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Nick does a lot of uh, improvised music for like some of my projects. Yeah, um, yeah, I've yeah. done quite a bit. And have I you, have you found the same thing? Like, yeah, I do actually. Like, th- that's the thing with improv is that it's so fluid, right? And you have to be willing to just go with what happens and mm-hmm. kind of like, just like take the ride and go on the wave, right? And uh, 
yeah i've done a lot of stuff with like club dd like gamora drunk improv we did linked improv which was a great show yeah that was a lot of fun and um and yeah it's just like it's such a fulfilling and thrilling experience to be able to like ride the moment ride the wave you know what i mean it's like it's it's a lot like surfing it's yeah. just like you're cruising man mm-hmm. it's such a do fun you think feeling. it's harder to make a career out of it it like i find like just performing that it is pretty difficult uh i don't know if it's harder to get money for performing improv than it is for like acting i yeah, think totally and that's where like teaching has to be a thing you do right like with improv i mm-hmm. think that's the m- main way you're gonna make money from it mm-hmm. even like improvisers who have been improvising in chicago like the improv hub or like la who've been doing it for years and like they only make money because they are now getting recognition 20 years later as these great teachers and yeah. a lot of them now run podcasts as well mm-hmm. um which is like part of the reason i wanted to do this podcast yeah. is like a lot of those people um inspired me to kind of do the same thing mm-hmm. um do you find it lets you express a different part of yourself too like you like everyone on this couch i know annie i've kind of just met you guys yeah. but you seem to be very well thought out and well spoken about your thoughts and that's like a part of who you are and that's a gift and i think people that's why people like podcasts they want to hear someone say something mm-hmm. in a way they're like i believe what i'm saying right now and i've yeah. thought about this and you know mm-hmm. here totally. it is here's a perspective mm-hmm. but like in your art form of acting that doesn't get to come out really it depends i, yeah, p- I find like it's no you go you probably have a more articulate way to say it <laughs> <laughs> put me on the spot yeah It's interesting because I mean, it kind of goes back to what you were saying before and about like jumping off the cliff. Like I, you're as a good actor, you're always, always responding to the moment. Mm -hmm. You're always Mm -hmm. open to the moment and to the other person. And even if it's like you say, it's rehearsed, it's, it's practiced. It's something that you've done a thousand hours, however many hours you still have to be in that state of improv and accepting and openness and availability. Mm. right um and i think that like part of the reason that improv doesn't um provide as much uh career satisfaction or possibly like um financial gain financial gain um i think part of the reason for that is because the infrastructure and the value of it isn't seen as much Mm. because Mm. we live like we were talking earlier in a society that that prides itself on the rigidity polish and and things looking perfect Mm. and being a very specific way but part of that is because we are so locked into the past and the future and i think Mm. that part of the thing that's so beautiful and amazing about like live theater improvised music improvised theater improvised comedy like all these improvised things is that they resonate in the moment they resonate as a present experience and that's Mm -hmm. all we have Mm -hmm. right that's all that exists your past and your future don't exist yet and they they were but they're not now yeah you know what Mm. i mean and so have you guys ever been around someone who's so just loving that it makes you feel uncomfortable Oh, yeah. Or you like just like, like you see yeah. that light in their eye and you're just yeah. like, if you're not living your life truthfully, you're like, I feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I think back to that kind of weird depressive chapter I had mm-hmm. and there was like two characters I can think of one who was like such a dick to me about it. You know, it's like, dude, you're so depressed and anxious right now. You fucking ruin the vibe everywhere you go. And like Whoa. really just like, <laughs> like Whoa. just destroyed me. Right. Yeah. And then I remember that was as shitty as it was. 
it was still kind of a wake up call for mm. me. One wake up call is like, fuck this dude. Mm-hmm. The other wake up call is like, okay, I need to like start working on this and get better, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Totally. But then I remember this other character who was so the opposite of that. Like just pure love and kindness. And I remember getting this same kind of feeling of like, shit, I need to I need to heal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to get better. Yeah. And so maybe that's why improv makes f- people feel uncomfortable. It's like, this is so present. Can you handle it? It's so mm-hmm. accepting. Yeah. Because yeah. I've heard like improv and clowning is, it's compassion basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's being totally. a lot of improv and what I focus when I'm doing improv is allowing yourself to be affected because the main difference between improv and life, like life is improvising. No one knows what yeah. they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about life is that you don't really allow yourself to be affected a lot of the time. You have to keep that strong face that like mm-hmm. stay on your two feet. But in improv, it could even be the littlest thing. Someone like uh, like pops your balloon, but you can just go into the deepest despair that yeah. you have ever felt and totally invest in that. And like, yeah. sure, maybe it's like it's not what you'd normally do in life. But like in that moment, if that balloon was the only thing you had going on, that's devastating. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of like what clown is. Too. Yeah, totally. Um and investing fully in what's going on in that moment. And yeah, um, it's making me think of like, let's say someone who has uh, anger built up mm. and then they like hit a punching bag and all of a sudden they feel kind of better mm-hmm. and that anger actually gets let out for real. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's not that the punching bag was like a, I mean, it could be, but it's not like it was a picture of the person who hurt them or that there was a therapist peeking out from behind the bag. Yeah. You know, like, this punch, punch represents your forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just someone hitting shit. Yeah. But it's yeah. that cathartic, it's like, that this is a release for real. Yeah. So, yeah. like, totally. I think improv is good for that, too. Like, the totally. person who, mm-hmm. who lets themselves mourn over the death of the balloon, like, that can actually release grieving from real shit. Totally, yeah. Your Absolutely. grandfather or, like, from 10 years ago or mm. whatever it is. Like, you invest in it's, – uh, it's true emotion in imaginary circumstance. Mm. Yes. And that's, mm. a, like, what acting is and, and yeah. all that stuff. But, it's yeah, it's investing in that. Um, and I think I mentioned, like, the whole creating the universe thing. The best – in a podcast I was listening to recently, mm. one of the best things that I – heard from it and like i've been trying to apply in my life for performance and stuff is no matter what happened before which like nick was talking about no matter what happens after right now everyone in this room is entering a new universe together through the exact same door Mm -hmm. and then they're going to come out of it through the exact same door too and then just leave that door closed and that to me is like really incredible that's pretty amazing. That to me is terrifying. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's terrifying. But that you have all these people cool. to support you, and you have yeah. all of this safety within yeah, that, man. and like, and freedom, really. Well, and you you're escaping know. anyway, like we mm. talked about. Like, how mm-hmm. many times are we escaping into a different universe yeah. anyway as a means to kind of cope with, ah, I don't want to face this reality right totally. here. I'm going to kind of get yeah. up. I'm going to watch yeah. TV. I'm going to watch whatever it or is. Or like distract even yourself. drugs. Yeah. Like, a lot of sure. the time, exactly this, like, whole escapism culture of, like, I need to go get drunk on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you go be part of this organic like, pretend to creation. be drunk like what yeah. if you and your pre- friends met up and just pretended to be so fucked up and you just did a night of improv where you mm-hmm. just allowed yourself to be these savage drunks yep. but you don't get the hangover you yeah. don't get any of that and you might have more fun actually. Yeah. whenever right. i designated drive i like 
I pick the drunkest friend of the group and I act as exact drunk as him. Yeah, it's a great time. That's yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And that's probably you coping with how annoying drunk people are. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I'm definitely the grumpy grandpa when I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting really too. Cool. I find that like you were talking about, you come in this door, you leave through the same door together. Um, the only thing, and I've, I've found this realization probably like six, seven years ago, like really truthfully for me was that, the thing that we value the most beyond money beyond like the love of other people all this stuff is the me- the memories that we have because mm. that's what guides our perception in life that's what we value as human beings we don't like money has value because it allows us to create memories Absolutely. or it allows us to get things that help us create memories but like memories are what we live for Mm -hmm. that's what we have at the end of the day that's what we have you know when we are on our deathbed and you know all of this sometimes my grandma didn't like some of my grandparents have it and i found in that experience of them having alzheimer's and forgetting who they were and who Mm -hmm. we were like blips of it right Yeah. yeah um like around the dinner table a lot of my family would just be whatever they're talking about worldly shit politics work stuff and my grandparents at the time who don't have no memory they have no context of any of this shit yeah right and so you can kind of see them dissolving into their own just Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and then they'll ask like so who are you again or whatever right and they're just trying to stay connected Mm -hmm. but there's not a platform for them to stay connected because everything we talk about everything we're relating about there needs to be this context of the world we live in but Mm -hmm. if you have zero memory and you're stuck in that yeah it's really tricky so i found if i just crank up the music while i was driving grandma back to her home crank up the tunes like grandma you want to dance she would like come alive yeah. again mm. things yeah things you don't need context for mm. yeah that's Absolutely. amazing living in that present moment so i wonder yeah. if tr- like training people how to exist without memory could actually be a way to cope with alzheimer's yeah. mm-hmm. Maybe. which is i think part of the reason that improv is also very exciting and very like fulfilling because you are living in that moment just with what you have yeah you know it teaches I mean? so many amazing things like trust, positive collaboration, mm-hmm. like so many amazing things. Yeah, investing in moments. Like, yeah. yeah. What is there a dark side to improv? Like, I know, like, for example, I guess comedians, like, mm-hmm. kind of the role of a comedian is like step back, observe the world, and then pick it apart, basically, yeah. which is fun and mm-hmm. I think a way to cope with being neurotic. But then it can also get weird because you feel kind of like you're a separate from mm-hmm, the world yeah. mm-hmm. and it can get kind of righteous and mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like totally. is there a weird side to improv yeah well i'm sure some of the things you say sound a l- pretty righteous to a lot of people <laughs> sure. um i don't yeah i think for me it's like the the danger for that is like when you're trying to be clever like trying to come up with all these things that are gonna make people laugh like try and fabricate oh, yeah. it i guess yeah is as opposed to just kind of letting it happen mm. which again probably sounds righteous to a lot of people but I don't know. I truly <laughs> right. believe like truth in comedy, like life is funny. Yeah. Life is serious, but it's going to, c- both are going to come out mm-hmm. when you're doing improv, whether it's a musical improv. Um, I'm sure there's probably moments on stage um, where things have gotten like a little more serious than you thought they were going to go. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I started tinkering with this bit, like, cause I, I want to explore a little bit more stand up too. Mm-hmm not just improvising the whole thing, but at least having a theme to kind of rant on Mm -hmm. for a bit. 
and I've started working with people with special needs or disabilities, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Right. And I started having this reflection of like, I, at least with the person I work with, I feel like I have way more special needs than he does. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. he needs to eat and go to the bathroom and he needs to feel safe and he likes making music and like, he's pretty happy otherwise right if he has those things yeah whereas me i have all these conditions in my day like i hope my coffee's warm fucking annie and a root beer kombucha and it's flat like <laughs> 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 i'm just kidding but you know what yeah, i mean like totally. all yeah. these like hyper privileged conditions we have in our head yeah. for us to be relaxed and so i kind of ranted on this one night and the first time i dove into it it like went well it was funny because i was like talking about how uh, i need to have my phone when i take a shit like, I never just take a shit now. Yeah, like, yeah, I need to have my phone. It's like, I'm going to scroll my Instagram if I'm pooping because yeah. I can't just face the moment of poop leaving yeah. my ass. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I'll, like, stress out about it. Like, I need to poop. Like, where's my phone? I got to yeah. get it. Right? Whereas this guy I take care of, like, he just needs to take poop. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he needs some help wiping his ass. So my need's actually more special than his in a way. Yeah. And you that, to, that, your, that yeah. your poo needs to be curated to something <laughs> yeah. social media well, yeah like <laughs> i've definitely like recently have gone and gone uh to the bathroom uh to to poo i'll be frank <laughs> and uh <laughs> and not had my phone and i'm like i literally i do? think like Grab the fuck, why bottle. didn't i bring my phone but that's truth in comedy too because everyone relates to that it's so truthful. true like, yeah but then i dove in again like then i did a song and then I'm like, hey, this this topic's actually going well, right? And I dove into it, and it got a little bit too, like, this idea of, okay, so neurotypical people, maybe like us, I don't know, you guys right. don't seem too typical, <laughs> but <laughs> neurotypical, in quotes, is, like, people who have a functioning brain yeah. mm-hmm. and can function in mainstream society and be okay, mm-hmm. right? So we're the ones designing the system for special needs people. yeah, And we're the ones handling the system of the caregivers and all this. And a lot of the behavioral therapy in that system is like neurotypical people saying to non-neurotypical people, don't behave like that. Mm. Don't act like that. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Whereas like, well, if we're neurotypical, can't we just act like them for a bit? Yeah. In a way and make them feel accepted. Not like necessarily miming them, but just meeting them where they're at. Like uh, giving their ideas and thoughts mm-hmm. like the time of day and like investing in them a little bit mm-hmm. totally like, yeah improvising with them. yes exactly like saying yes to their ideas and then adding your own and then they add their own and then you just eventually build this tower of amazing ideas exactly and even mm-hmm. if like even if they're gonna dip out of it soon you know mm-hmm. like lots of them they just they have very sensory like just say random things right and a lot of the behaviors like don't do that mm-hmm. don't just say random things out loud it's like well just go ahead talk to them about this random thing that they're having right yeah. and yeah. life's short like and their life is short too the way i see is like can we just make them feel like they belong mm-hmm. rather than needing to fucking mold them Absolutely. to be perfect mm-hmm. anyway so i went into kind of a tangent like that on stage and the vibe of the room was just like oh, oh yeah no. <laughs> we don't want to have to deal with that yeah. yeah which is okay too like you're saying like i think i'm learning that the whole thing doesn't have to be funny mm-hmm. yeah but at the same time, I think I want people to like enjoy themselves yeah. and have yeah. a good time for but the most you, part. Yeah, but if you like, if you make them think in that like little center nougat of your performance, yeah. and then kind of come out move of it and then and move on, let it be known Sugar that it happened, dress. and then keep going. 
you're allowing all those things to happen and i think Mm -hmm. yeah i think people generally appreciate that that, like fear of experiencing emotion properly yeah it goes back to that we don't want to feel uncomfortable we don't want to feel these things we don't want to have these conversations because we don't really know how to deal with it so Mm -hmm. yeah it just kind of comes back to that yeah Mm -hmm. and there's so much value like like you're saying improvising with someone who's not like mentally typical or however Mm -hmm. however you say that that's fine yeah, yeah i don't like i don't get offended about the words it's like right? yeah. you seem like a nice dude <laughs> <laughs> you probably wouldn't shame someone Thanks. in a no, wheelchair no, so not at you all, can say man. what you I like have, i have some very good friends who are paraplegic and they're some of the most highly functioning people that i've ever met in my entire life so yeah. um but yeah being able to go on that journey with them like your perspective has is bound to change your outlook on life is bound to be opened up in some way right like mm-hmm. how a moment affects someone else has value no matter who they are Absolutely. or where they come from right mm-hmm. so yeah i i applaud you for that man that's awesome that's sweet well but again to bring it back is like because i'll be working with this guy who's in a wheelchair right and people will say oh that's so nice of you and it's like but i'm getting paid though yeah like yeah. to be honest Sure, I'm being empathetic. I'm meeting him where he's at. I'm trying to just help him have a good day. But I'm getting paid for this. Mm-hmm. It's like the people who were where those situations are in their family. Yeah. And they're not getting any sort of financial reward. Mm-hmm. And it's those people who are able to still meet them where they're at and mm-hmm. treat them with love. Like, I commend those people totally. a lot. Yeah. It's interesting, kind of tying everything together, how um, as neurotypical people, people that kind of run the world because we kind of do um not not a lot of us are super happy with how things are not a lot of us are like super stoked on our day-to-day grind yet we feel the need to create that normality for those who maybe aren't neurotypical and Mm -hmm. so we're putting our own unhappiness and we're putting our own world that we've created that we're not stoked about and being like, this is how it is. This is how yeah. you should act. This is how you should be. But we're not even happy about it. We're it's not even stoked about it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. it's fucking stupid. Well, yeah. like, to go back <laughs> to like the start of the the conversation is like, we're, <sighs> but we have the best intentions, right? We yeah. yeah. We're we're not really realizing we're doing this, and like totally, we're kind of just like, hey, this is how you can adjust into this system because. Mm-hmm. everyone needs to adjust into the system no matter how neurotypical you are i think mm-hmm. like well, unless we change here, the system yeah, right? unless yeah exactly yeah. isn't it when i was in um, high school there was a, a program called best buddies and it was just that it was it was meant for um neurotypical high school students mm. to help adjust the socially inept and like as I'm saying that with quotes, I want everyone yeah, I know. to know. Um, and, you know, those who are not as neurotypical into what a normal high school experience would be. And it's meant to be like, cool, me as like what society sees as a functioning person is going to go into this group and I'm going to help you learn what it's like to be a normal functioning person. And it just always felt kind of weird to me. Like it felt like mm-hmm. it's like the intention is there and that's awesome. Like we want to provide this like normal North American high school experience to these people and like this in- inclusivity, but even just like prefacing it that way of like, Hey, I'm normal. So I'm going to help you be normal. It's like, Ooh, there's okay. still like a hierarchy totally going yeah. on rather than just Absolutely. friendship. Yeah. And like I found Dean, that, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I found that when I just like allowed that to just pass and be, you know, what got me into it and, and yeah, I'm going to help this person and allow that 
thought to pass and that moment to pass and instead just like invest in this person that became like my best friend like still one of my best friends like still this incredible woman yeah who's living life from a completely different reality and a completely different perspective that i'm living in and the lessons that i learned from her Mm -hmm. the girls nights that we had like i would take that girls night over any other girls night that i've ever had like Mm. (laughs) to this day with normal neurotypical people you know what i'm saying and just like embracing that instead of putting our normality on people and um, in all senses of the word, whether it's gender or um, mental anything yeah. and physical capability, instead of seeing things as normal, just seeing things as they are and then accepting them for that and, and living through that. And like you said, mm-hmm. meeting people there. Not well, it's to me, comparing. it's yeah, yeah to me, it's not comparing. that normal to think that like what you're saying, that yeah. what we have established is the best thing. Yeah, mm. it's not normal to think no. that. I don't think it's pretty weird if you yeah. think that's the situation. But I talked to Dean from AFS. It's like Autism Asperger's Friendship Society, mm. and he—they're so cool because their philosophy is about friendship. Mm. And he's like, "Let's say that two of our people that we work with are saying things that are maybe inappropriate. They're making dark humor or whatever, mm-hmm. but they're doing it together in a safe space, and they're bonding over it." that's more important to me than adjusting the behavior. Mm-hmm. It's like them connecting is my priority mm-hmm. over everything. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. It is, if it's not going to hurt anyone, if it's not going to hurt anything. Yeah. But that, like what you're saying too, is y- you're coming in and you're the above person who is going to teach them how to yeah. be worthy totally, like you totally. eventually. <laughs> like, and it's such that's a backwards so way of thinking. It's everywhere. And that's, yeah. it is everywhere. I would like, I spent, I spent four months in India thinking I was going to do just that with this like mentality right. of like, oh, I'm going to go help these people. I'm me as one individual small white girl is going <laughs> to go to this like ancient place of like <laughs> religion yeah. and like society. And I'm just going to walk in and I'm just going to fix things within a week. I was like, I'm a fucking asshole. Wow. <laughs> I am so righteous. And I am like, I am have such a white savior mentality which is just not okay at all um and immediately like flipped and it just yeah i don't know if maybe that's like our society in north america we're groomed for that and we need to like i can relate to that that big time i think at least like in your defense it's at least better to do that and go volunteer somewhere and think that you can help Mm. rather than being like well fuck them Oh, totally. Like, Absolutely. it's not the worst thing to think you can help, no. but I think what you're saying is right. Like, being humble about mm-hmm. how kind of insignificant you are. Absolutely. And really, like, I'm sure you had encounters where you met people over there who changed your life. Oh, so much. And helped you. Like, I did so, a Habitat so for Humanity yeah. thing in Macedonia. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a similar thing. Like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go help some people. And then being over there and working with locals on building homes for people. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, these locals are tapped into some real superhero shit because I'm here for 10 days and I like get to like swing a hammer and there I helped. Mm -hmm. But these people are helping their community, the people in their towns for Mm -hmm. years and years, like almost every day. And I think we've been kind of tricked that being a hero is like this significant moment where you rip your shirt open and there's like, you know, you got your outfit on and your cape and you're going to go save the damsel in distress. It's like this moment. But it's not. It's really not that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is like, you know, once in a while someone will mm-hmm. jump in the river and save a puppy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's like who's showing up every day mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And there's not as much glitter all over that. Absolutely. No, not at all. And the people who we do like recognize as heroes now are like people who have given us new insights into the world, who spent their entire lives like studying metaphysics or science mm. or they were poets or they were artists or they were mm-hmm. you know, like politicians who like were honorable and morally sound people yeah. you know what i mean that's the type of people that we really identify as heroes mm-hmm. it's not generally somebody who runs into a building and saves somebody from a burning building mm-hmm. right usually that does happen but that's not <coughs> it's like a it's a more momentary thing right whereas mm. and it does last a lifetime you save somebody's life in a fire then they're alive then maybe they go on to do something great but like yeah it's those those icons like you know like nikola tesla and like mm. they provided a way for electricity to be given to everybody and that's mm-hmm. just being realized now mm-hmm. more and more right like this type of um hero heroism is something that i think like you say we've we've reduced a little bit by creating like Superman versus Batman totally. and like the alter ego. It's mm. like, it's yeah. where they're not Superman all the time. Yeah. They go back into this like secret Normal identity, life. which like is something that you have to do. But what would happen if Clark Kent was the hero and he mm. did his Clark Kent thing. But when the world needed saving, he was like, Clark Kent's here. I'm that would be a really good idea out. for like mm. a film or a movie, like right? some like a superhero who has like superpowers, but they are more heroic as a in human. Day to day life, yeah. as a human that's being interesting. That like ooh. volunteers every yeah. day, and like, ooh. like they cause more change and have a better and ha- more powerful yeah. impact. Well, I as think a there's human. a humbleness to that too. Yeah. Of like, okay, I'm just one person. I'm not mm. gonna save the whole city mm-hmm. from some evil force. Mm-hmm. Totally. But it's like, who's close to me today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What can I like, do today in this moment? And I'm guilty of this, man, of like sometimes taking the people closest to me for granted. Oh yeah. And then saving Absolutely. my good energy for when I'm at work working with the youth mm-hmm. or, or things like that, right? And it's like I'll 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 have my moment of love in this space where mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But with my family, like I'll have moments where it's like, I'm totally taking you for granted. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Because like, cause you don't really, it's that everyday importance thing where like, mm. it just kind of, you don't see the investment that they need from you. Cause you're mm. like, I don't know, you've been with them your whole life. So you like, you feel like you're, they're getting that in some way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing. It's probably super normal too. Yeah. Like yeah. I think, that I think that's a very yeah. natural I'm, I'm thing. Guilty of that yeah. too, like for sure. also in regards to helping people that you're close to, um, like there's been people in my family that I try to help through addictions or mm. mostly addictions. And, and it's like, I actually can't, mm-hmm. I can't, yeah. I'm not helping you at all. Yeah. You don't want my help. I can't help you. I can't mm-hmm. love you. At least not in the way that I see as loving you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can accept you and like be a buddy, but I can't really like change your life here. Yeah, I yeah. feel that too, for sure. Yeah, so that's, it's taking that's pretty real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's real for yeah, everyone. Seriously. Yeah. But it's like taking that energy and, and then going out into the world with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been having a conversation with someone pretty close to me recently about um, the difference of helping someone because that person needs help or helping someone because you need to be the person that helps them. And that huge, insane amount of difference of like, I'm doing this because I think that this is what you need. And so by me helping you, I'm fulfilling that part of me that needs this to be fixed about you versus this is what you need. And so like, I'm going to do maybe what I don't agree with to help you 
get through what you need to go through for your sake not mine Mm -hmm. and like the difference of like my ego wants me to be the one to help you and so i'm going to do it in my way versus you need to be helped and so i'm going to let go of control Mm -hmm. and just do what needs to be done it can become like a tool for you to yeah help heal yourself almost yeah it's tough it's interesting there's an interesting kind of like I guess dilemma or dichotomy there because mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of I mean I feel this too I <laughs> okay that was a loud sound um <laughs> yeah I've been driving Kathy home from rehearsal one of my castmates in the show that I'm working on right now and she uh, would have to take like a two hour commute to get home mm-hmm. um, at night and go through like Marta Loop and it's like not good space mm-hmm. at eleven o'clock or twelve mm-hmm. o'clock at night right um, and the other day she's like thank you so much for driving me home and I was like you know what, Kathy, like, I'm happy when you're happy, so it's, like, kind of selfish. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I gen- I genuinely want her to be happy, to get mm-hmm. home safe, all this stuff, right? But it does make me feel good to help mm-hmm. someone. Totally. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's, that's in awesome. nature. Right? And yeah. yeah. In, in that connection, it's, like, and I know you know a lot about this, too, but, like, it, I think it's oxytocin that that, and serotonin and serotonin because you're both Mm -hmm. getting that at that point it's not a one-sided thing Mm -hmm. it's not an endorphin or a dopamine it's Mm. it's a thing that happens for both of you yeah Mm. on that thank you no thank you Mm -hmm. yeah that's what's being released the mere neurons yeah Yeah, serotonin and i think that's the argument that we're not just evil selfish dickhead chimpanzees yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there is something in our DNA that wants to help the ecosystem. And totally. that wants a community and that wants culture and that yeah. wants so connection. Badly. Like wants we that require that. So badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I yeah. think it's good, like what you're saying, to at least be aware of that too. Yeah. Like you're be, you're not like, oh, yes, Kathy. Absolutely. I have <laughs> sacrificed my time for you and my gasoline and be on your way now. I will yeah. see you next yeah. time when I help you. Yeah. Like yeah. you're aware you're getting your little juice out of it too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but like genuinely I want to like I want to help outside of myself but there's this beautiful reward of feeling good about doing that yeah when you do it right Mm -hmm. i think it's just good balance too like at least for me that's how i feel just just being an artist and a performer is like okay so my whole thing is i just get attention like i just do fucking tricks for attention Mm -hmm. like i should probably do something to like balance out my brain right like because it doesn't feel good to be narcissistic either like it doesn't feel good to be selfish no Mm -hmm. unless you're a sociopath and just you don't feel anything i don't think (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh on that note though we uh we're running out of time here so um just based on the conversation we've had uh like usually i'll ask the artists like kind of what shows are coming up for them next but i think i would prefer to ask just for anyone that's listening who um, is maybe looking for artists to come in to work with anyone in special needs or with children or anything, where can they find you and where can they maybe help out and volunteer? Right. You can reach me at truenot at gmail.com or T-R-O-O-K-N-O-T at gmail.com and then www.truenot.com. I'm on Instagram, truenot. And as far as where they can go and help, just like go help the thing that you feel like helping. There's no right way to help. Mm-hmm. Just go put your time and energy wherever feels right to you. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for being on, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really I nice love this. Meeting you and getting to talk to you. Yeah. yeah. Do you have red hair? 
Is that I, is I it? Okay, yeah. so there's so much fucking red hair yeah. on this red couch. Right now. <laughs> like I was gonna say that halfway through, I was like, "Don't kill the vibe," <laughs> but like something's going on on this red couch. On this red couch. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's true. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if if that's not deep thoughts, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Keep listening. Uh, follow True Knots. Uh, he's uh, an amazing guy that we we found out over the course of this hour. Uh, thanks for coming in, man. You're very hilarious, but also this is fun. I like you guys. Can we like be friends after? Yes, this? yes absolutely. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah, let's be yeah. friends. That's what the gang's all Yay. about, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Deep thoughts this with Connor, Christmas, Christmas and gang. gang. Da, 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 da. Ooh. <laughs>